You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries on today's edition. You know, sometimes we get critical of things we don't understand. But now I think sometimes when we're criticizing others, if we had the same experience with God they did, we'd probably be doing the same thing they were doing. Amen. I'm just asking as a church to ask the Holy Spirit to help you fall back in fresh in love with Jesus again and make it just like you got saved all over again. Just, just rekindle those fires and revive us and wake us back up and get us to a place of fervor and zeal. Have you ever witnessed someone praising the Lord in a way you disapprove? or you start to criticize someone's actions because you don't know or understand what is happening? In Pastor Gary's message today, he encourages you to ask the Holy Spirit for understanding. Perhaps you are jealous of the other person's love for Christ. Prayerfully ask that your faith be renewed and strengthened. Before you know it, you may be praising the Lord right alongside the individual of which you were critical. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of Revelation chapter 2 as he continues his message, Staying in Love with Jesus. Maybe we're not as on fire for God as we used to be when we first got saved. And so in essence we have lost our first love and, and maybe we don't pray like we used to pray. Maybe we don't read our Bible like we used to read our Bible because we're not as on fire for the Lord. And maybe church has just become old hat to us and the holy things of God have become normal to us and we should never allow it to get to that place. We should always be very appreciative of the truths that God has entrusted to us and exposed us to. We should never take it lightly. But, uh, you know, I want to compare the first time or the day that you got saved maybe with what it's like when you start courting someone that you fall in love with now i want to use amy as an illustration okay amy and i met and of course for me it was love at first sight and amy come along about six months later and woke up from a dream and realized she loved me too amen all right but now i'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you it took a lot of talking and getting to know one another, communication, amen? We communicated. Matter of fact, uh, she ended up taking a job at a place that I was working at, and we got to know one another really well and become good friends, and then based upon that friendship, it, we, it developed into something more than that. And, and of course, we're married today as a result of that, but I want to point something out to you. Had we not communicated effectively to one another, the relationship would not have built and she probably wouldn't have been as quick to come around. Amen. It was easy for me to fall in love with her. Now, I had to do some convincing. Amen. I had to communicate. All right, now let me ask you something. How can you stay in love with Jesus if you never talk to Him? How can you stay in love with Jesus if you never listen to Him when He's trying to talk to you? Sometimes we're dead in our walk with God because there's no communication. All right. Don't be like the old farmer that told his wife at 30 years into their marriage, the wife looked at her and said, you still love me? And he said, well, I told you that when we got married. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. That's not how it works. Amen. There's got to be some communication. When you fall in love with Jesus, it's going to be evident. 
Okay? And sometimes the only thing that it takes to rekindle those fires, to reignite that excitement about being a part of the family of God and serving God, is to get on your knees in prayer and open that book and say, God, it's been a while, but I sure could take a fresh drink from heaven tonight. And you get on your knees and you get honest with God and just pour your heart out to Him. And it won't take long and you'll have a connection. And God can revive your spirit. Talking about staying in love with Jesus, amen? So you've got to keep an open line of communication with God if you're going to stay on fire for Him. Another thing that helps you do that is to remain constantly under the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. Ephesians 4.11 says, He gave some apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Do not belittle your necessity to be instructed in the Word of God. God has given you teachers and preachers and pastors for your edification, and if you do not make yourself available and put, subject yourself under the teaching and the preaching of the Word of God, then you are missing out on a key essential part of, your, of God's plan for your spiritual growth. And so I believe that every church service that you should have been to that you didn't show up for, you have forfeited an opportunity to grow in your walk with God. Some people think that if they wasn't here to hear it, then they're not responsible for it. But could it be that God had the Word just for you the night that you decided not to show up for whatever reason? Now, I know I can get in trouble preaching about unfaithfulness. <laughs> but it's important. It's important. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And that's a, a very specific phrase, forsake not. In other words, don't just lay out a church without an excuse. Amen. Uh, don't just forsake. Now, I understand if you have to be somewhere, you've got to work or you've got a death in the family or there's something that's come up and you just can't be here. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who just deliberately don't show up for church when they could be here and they should be here and they simply don't. You are neglecting a very vital part of God's plan for your spiritual growth. And that goes for Sunday school too. Amen. Just food for thought. So make yourself available. Say, well, I just don't get nothing out of Sunday school. I wouldn't make that public. <laughs> Usually I found that when I wasn't getting something, it was because I didn't have my ears open. I didn't have my heart open. I'm just been talking for myself now. Now, you know, I, I know that sometimes, you know, you get more out of church and Sunday school than you do others. Let's just be honest. Sometimes you absorb more than you do others. And sometimes it just goes over your head. <laughs> All right? But you increase your chances of receiving if you place yourself up under the teaching of the Word of God. And so you're for sure not going to get nothing if you don't show up. 100% guarantee you will get nothing if you don't show up. If you show up, you at least increase your chances of getting something. Amen. <laughs> so don't use that as an excuse. All right, now let me move on. You've got to study the Word. Ephesians 6, 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You've got to take His Word, not our Word. His Word is sharp. Our Word is dull. Amen. And the only way you're going to take His Word is by studying it. Amen. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. So if you're going to maintain a, 
continual open line of communication with your Heavenly Father, you're going to have to remain constantly under preaching and teaching. You're going to have to remain constant in studying the Word. And then I want to say you're going to remain constant in prayer. Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You know, uh, reading your Bible is God's way of talking to you and praying is your way of talking to God. So there's your two-way communication right there. And God desires your company. If He didn't desire your company, He would not have rent the veil from top to bottom and opened up the throne room for you. That is an open invitation saying, come in, please. I, I mean, just to think about God wanting to fellowship with us. I mean, that's humbling, but it's also exciting because I have nothing to fear as long as I'm covered in His blood. I can come before His presence. And He not only made the way, but He desires for me to be there. I mean, the Lord went through a lot for us to get there. He paved the way. He paid the price. He spilled the blood of His only Son, His only begotten Son, so that you and I could be in His presence. And so, yes, He desires your company. Sometimes we feel like that we're bothering God. And sometimes we treat God like we treat people and assume that maybe we're asking too much of Him. But you cannot bother God either with your presence or with your inquiries. There's not one question that you can ask God that is sinful to ask Him. Amen, or that He is not able to answer. God has an answer. And God wants to talk. God wants to hear you. And you've got to learn to value your prayer life. Praying is something now that you are saved, it's something you can do immediately and instantly, anywhere at any time. So we really have no excuse. When the Bible talks about continual praying, it's not talking about getting physically in a posture of prayer for you know X amount of hours every day of life. You know, it's really maintaining an attitude of prayer and staying hooked up with Jesus throughout the day so that at any moment, at any time, you can call on His name and He's right there on the spot for you because you're hooked up to Him and you're in a relationship with Him and you keep that open line of communication. But when you let sin in your life and you do not confess that sin and you let something come between you and God, all of a sudden that open line of communication has been stifled by that unconfessed and unrepented sin and it's not easy to talk to God when you got unconfessed confessed and unrepentant sin in your life. I don't ever want to be in a position, Sister Amy, to where I'm going to have to call somebody else to pray for my youngins if we're in trouble. I want to know that I have a walk with God and that I don't have to wait on nobody else to return my phone call. If I need to call on God, I need to be able to call on Him immediately, anytime, day or night. And the only way to do that is to keep an open line of communication. And let me put it this way, like my, my pastor said one time, keep a short sin account. We're going to sin. We're going to sin. Uh, maybe, maybe you won't, but I'm going to sin. Amen. I love y'all. Y'all y'all take a lot from me. <laughs> uh, we're going to sin. The Bible says, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, which is Jesus Christ the righteous. He is our lawyer. He will represent our case every time. 
We just got to take it to him. He's our lawyer. That means I don't even have to represent my own case. That means when the accuser brings me before the judge, God Almighty, and says he's guilty, my advocate, Jesus Christ, my lawyer, stands up and says it's covered by my blood. So you got to keep a short sin account. In other words, you know, David, he was a man after God's own heart. And look at how scandalous his administration was. When he was king, he messed up, buddy. He had one of his key soldiers killed because he slept with his wife and got her pregnant, and he, it was a big scandal. He covered it all up. And this is the same man that God said loved him and was a man after his own heart. And you know what I think attributed to God telling us that about David is because when the Spirit of God convicted him over his sin when Nathan, the man of God, come in and said, Thou art the man, stuck his finger in the face of the king and said, Thou art the man. David did not rebuttal. David did not balk. He did not get angry. He immediately confessed it and repented of it in his heart. In other words, he learned how to keep a short sin account. And sometimes our biggest problem is not coming to Christ quick enough with our sin. I don't know why we like to let it fester and we like to keep it sort of like a pet and let it stay, overstay its welcome. You know, but if you accidentally do something that you shouldn't have done or even intentionally do something you shouldn't have done, take it to Jesus immediately, get it washed in the blood, reject it, forsake it, repent immediately. And if you'll do that, you'll stay, you'll keep things between you and God on the up and up. <laughs> Amen. Keeping a short sin account is important talking about staying in love with Jesus. It's hard. It's hard to identify yourself with Jesus if you was like Peter the night that he denied him three times. He couldn't confess Christ because he wasn't right in his heart. They come to him and he had three different opportunities to identify himself with Christ but because his heart was not right with God. He had unrepented sin in his heart. He not only did not become a witness but he cursed that I do not know the man. You know? In order to stay in love with Jesus, we've got to maintain a consistent awareness of our cause, number one. Number two, we've got to maintain a continual open line of communication. And then thirdly, and we'll close, we've got to maintain a constant review of Calvary. Verse 5 of our text, Revelation 2, verse 5, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works. In other words, go back to Calvary. We must never listen to me, church. If you don't hear anything else I say tonight, I can close right now and be done. Just saying this one statement. We must never lose the wonder of the cross. It was at the cross. At the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my soul rolled away. We must review the completeness of Calvary. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Can I preach these last few minutes? For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. This tells us that Christ was the centerpiece of God's master plan. And it was the complete work of Calvary that completed history past and history future and brought it all together and made it make sense. It was Christ and the cross. 
So we must review the completeness of Calvary. Calvary was not plan B. Somebody said, well, if the Jews had accepted Christ as a Messiah, His first come to the earth, uh, He would have set up His rule and reign right then and avoided the cross. No, ma'am. No, sir. His mission and His purpose was to go to the cross. He set His face as a flint toward Jerusalem. He had one thing and one thing only in His mind. And as a matter of fact, they did try to throng Him one time and He skipped out on them and vanished from their sight. It was not His time to be promoted as the earthly king. It was His time at that point to go to the cross and if it were not for the cross you and I would be lost Calvary is what completes us and you will always be incomplete without Christ in your life you will never be complete you will never be happy without the completeness of Calvary overshadowing your life number two we must review the cost of Calvary. It was complete, but it was also costly. Ephesians 2.11 Wherefore remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. We must review the cost of Calvary. He left the splendor of glory to shed His blood for us. 1 Peter 1.18 For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. I thank God for Calvary tonight because of the cost of Calvary. It was complete and it was costly. He valued my soul so much that if I was the only one, He'd have died for me anyway. Wow. And then thirdly, we must review not only the completeness of Calvary, we must review not only the cost of Calvary, but we must review, last but not least, the Christ of Calvary. Ephesians 2.14 says, For He is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in His flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in Himself of twain one new man, so making peace. In other words, He made peace with God for us on our behalf, and that He might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them which were nigh. Uh, for through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. We must review the Christ of Calvary. <laughs> Isn't He glorious? 
Isn't He awesome? Isn't He amazing? Isn't He wonderful? Isn't He beautiful? But the, to think that He would do all of that for you and me and for anybody else that will call on His name. There's not one man, woman, boy, or girl that the blood of Christ would not redeem. That is awesome. When men reject others and when religion rejects others, Christ scoops them up out of the sand and says, go and sin no more. He is the only spotless lamb that was capable of fulfilling the task. When we say Calvary is the centerpiece, more specifically we mean that Christ of Calvary is the center of history tonight. Song of Solomon chapter 5 and verse 16. No wonder the Song of Solomon said this, Yea, He is altogether lovely. I'm telling you, I'm thankful for Jesus. What He meant to me in my life and what He meant to my, my wife and her family and, and what He meant for those little children that gave their hearts to Jesus a couple weeks ago and, and he's still saving sinners all around the world and, and he's still making a difference and he's still putting families back together and he's, he's still all powerful and in control and on the throne and he's still altogether lovely tonight. Sometimes we lose sight of why we're here and, and sometimes we forget just how good we have it. it. All it takes is a fresh review of Christ's and what He did for us. And all of a sudden, those fires, that first love is rekindled. Amen. Just like some of the best marital advice you'll ever receive is if you'll go back to doing what it was that excited your spouse about you when you was first dating, if y'all start doing some of the things with each other that you used to do when you dated, that'll rekindle some of those fires and that, that love in your marriage. It's the same principle applied spiritually to us. If we can revisit some of those things that God so uh, impressed in our heart about Himself and so excited us about what He did for us, it'll rekindle those flames again and we can be back fresh in love with Jesus again. And I think there's no greater tragedy than for a church to lose its zeal for God. There is a place for zeal. There's a place for it. And uh, that's what I appreciate about the song Miss Amy sang. She There's a certain part where she said, don't get angry if I wash his feet with my tears and my hair. You know, because you don't know what Jesus did for me. And before you criticize someone in their praise, you better be careful. Because who was it in the Old Testament, David's wife, that criticized him when he was dancing before the Lord? And God shut up her womb and rendered her virtually fruitless and barren because she laid her mouth on somebody else's praise. You know, sometimes we get critical of things we don't understand. But now I think sometimes when we're criticizing others, if we had the same experience with God they did, we'd probably be doing the same thing they were doing. Amen? I'm just asking you to church to ask the Holy Spirit to help you
fall back in fresh in love with Jesus again and make it just like you got saved all over again. Just just rekindle those fires and revive us and wake us back up and get us to a place of fervor and zeal and intensity for God like we've experienced before, maybe in years gone by. And maybe for some of us, we've never experienced it. But we can if we'll fall back in love with Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening today to Pastor Gary's message on True North. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an edition. If you've enjoyed today's message, please leave us a note in the comments and be sure to share these teachings with others. True North is a part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more by visiting our website, garycottle.com. Is there something we could be praying for in your life right now? Let Pastor Gary know by sending an email to contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. Would you do something for us too? Would you pray for this ministry of True North? We want to make sure we're following God's plans for us at all times, with courage to step out in faith and humility to allow Him to work. Please pray that we'd stay tethered to the Lord always. Would you also pray for others who will be listening to this broadcast? Pray that God will open ears and hearts to His truth, and that many will come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. Thanks for partnering with us in this way. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for joining us for this edition of True North.